If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. And now, Mini Obsessions. The other day, I, I was going to text you that I watched uh, the original Westworld. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Yul- I've, never seen, I've never seen the movie. Don't. Really? It's one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Because I, I, I mean, that's a, that's a bold I, I, a few weeks ago, I watched Coma, which is a, oh, okay, a yeah, Michael yeah. Crichton directed movie. And Westworld was also written and directed by Michael Crichton of, of Jurassic Park. Oh, oh okay. Park. I didn't realize he directed it. I yeah. thought he just wrote the source material. No, he directed it. And it's like, it's an hour and a half. This is not the movie I'm not going to recommend, but right. I, I was just disappointed with it. It's an hour and a half. And literally the first hour is set up. Oh, really? Of setting up the world, the robots, and uh-huh. you're waiting for... I know that the robots go berserk at some point. When does this happen? It literally doesn't happen until an hour in. Really? And you have a half hour to go. And the last half hour is Yul Brenner chasing Richard Benjamin around the desert. I was so disappointed with that one. But, was, I mean, that, was that on uh, HBO? HBO Max. But I would actually say if you Yul Brenner's performance is really, really good. Uh-huh. So for that it's and you can it's see worth what, it. you can see that Arnold Schwarzenegger and the guy who oh God, there's another person I'm thinking of who played a robot. But that sort of really cold, detached performance mm-hmm. clearly was influenced by Yul Brenner. And I mean, Westworld. I never was that big into the TV. I tried watching this show a few times, but it yeah, just no, I couldn't it get didn't, into it. Didn't get... Well, funnily enough, the day after I watched it, the show was canceled. Really? It was like literally the next day. Maybe maybe this is a sign. It might be. Well, that, that's not the one I'm not going to recommend. Right. But well, you, you you had one you definitely wanted to oh, put out yeah. there as a do not recommend. Because oh, I got yeah. one, but let's start with yours. Okay, so we've said on this show a few times that, you know, we like, you know, at least I like musicals a lot. Sure. You know, you like musicals occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. I, I like them more in movies than, yeah. than real life. So... Oh, this is an anti-musical. Anti-musical. An anti-recommendation. Now, this is how you know that this is something that... Because, again, I have a degree in musical. You're more tolerant of... You like musicals. I've been in a number of them. One of the most famous movie musicals of all time, at least I would say a modern movie, and even at this point it's dated, but Grease is among the most famous movie musicals of all time. Personally, I don't care for Grease. I think that it's a bad show. I think that the movie is a better representation of what Greece is trying to capture. And I think that's ultimately what projected it into. So you like the movie Greece. I tolerate, tolerate the movie Greece. I don't think that it is really any better than the show. It's no Michael starring. Exactly. It is no Travolta, but I had heard for years. Uh, Oh, I think I know where you're going. Okay. This is a good, this is a go ahead that there was a sequel. To Greece. Starring Michelle Pfeiffer. Starring Catwoman herself. Yeah. Now, I... Should never... this one have been pushed out a higher window? This one should have. <laughs> you know what? This one shouldn't have been made into the building. Because having heard that there was a sequel to Greece, I just felt like, well, I don't even like the first one enough to bother. And it can't possibly be good. Because I don't think it was that long in between movies. It was maybe five or six years in between Greece 1 and Greece 2. But... There wasn't a third Grease, and so something told me, well, that probably means Grease 2 is not That's usually that the case. Good. Yeah. And wow. I um I, I was I was correct in my thought. Okay. So my girlfriend Molly, who 
knows me very well and knows that I love ripping apart bad movies. She thought this would be perfect for us to watch. So one weekend we sat down and we watched it. And it is like an hour and 55 minutes, which is insane. Yeah. A lot of movie musicals are on the longer side. But essentially for like a high school... But real musicals. This wasn't even based on no, a musical. this was just something that they devised to make money. I'm trying to see if I can actually whittle down what the plot of this is. It, it, now, it's sort of the reverse, isn't it? Exactly. The first so the T-Birds, which are the bikers have essentially taken the role of the pink ladies where they're they are popular but they're kind of not really when how, how far after the first one is this set it's supposed to be in the 60s i think okay but at the same time you have a returning characters of oh god what's her face the one who goes to beauty school uh frenchy she's like still a student even though that would have been like five or six years after she was supposed to have graduated so I'm like, how? what happened to your life? Yeah. And then Eugene, the nerd, is also randomly there. You mean... uh From 1941. Eddie Deason? Exactly. This is another Eddie Deason vehicle? This is vehicle? another Eddie Deason vehicle. <laughs> He's in it for like four seconds. Oh, what a shame. Because <laughs> yeah, that was his big break was uh, the original Greed. Exactly. Later on, he, of course, became... Um, what's his name in Rockadoodle? Snipes. Snipes. Oh, lasagna. <laughs> But the way that I knew this movie was in trouble was within the first opening song. It sets up that they're going back to school from the summer, and it's a bad written song. It's just not, there, there's no real rhyming scheme. There's no melody that you can hum along to. And it also goes on for well over six minutes because they want to introduce you to not only all of the T-Birds, all of the girls, but they want to introduce you to this new kid. There's a new kid coming to school, and supposedly he's from England. Ooh, how exotic. And it turns out that he is supposed to be Olivia Newton-John's cousin from England, who no one has seen him before, and no one knows what he looks like. But they know, they know that there's some new kid coming to Rydell. Oh, my God. Adrian Zamed is in this movie. From Bachelor Party. <laughs> and his buddy. Is it the, the person whose name I always get wrong? Christopher Mike, uh, <laughs> Okay. And the song goes on for so long. And because it's also like, we're going back to school. We're going back to school. I'm just like, can you please go to homeroom? <laughs> go to school. Go to school. <laughs> you should say you were going to go to school. <laughs> and that sets it off on a bad tone. The main part of the movie is that Michelle Pfeiffer is a essentially a Danny Zuko, but she's like, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't need no man, but she she's looking for her own thing. And the new kid, whose name I forget. But uh, Michael Carrington? Yeah, he's the... Is that the guy? The English guy. The real, his real name is Maxwell Caulfield. Yes, that's right. So he's got the hots for her, but you know, she's into bad boys. She's into all the T-Birds, but she doesn't like any of the T-Birds. And so this well-meaning kid with a good head on his shoulders, he can play the piano, he's English, and he's savvy with words and things like that. He's going to try to join the T-Birds. Huh. And the T-Birds, they don't like him because he's a... He's a Brit. He's a fancy pants, you know? <laughs> and there's a long, long series of 
scenes involving rehearsals for their school pageant that's like about seasons and it just it's endless and it's meandering but more so than anything this movie showed me that if people thought oh the kids in greece one were like very horny and into Mm -hmm. randy this class of Rydell is off their rockers horny because there's a whole song in a sex ed classroom called Reproduction. Ew. And they're literally just like eggs and sperm and eggs and sperm. And it's just like, what? What's going on here? Do I make you Randy? Yeah. <laughs> and there's um, also at some point then the kid who's from England, he eventually gets to... Uh, learn how to ride a motorcycle and Frenchie has been telling him no 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 you don't want to be like a t-bird and he's like but I've got to be a t-bird otherwise Catwoman's not gonna like me and then he dons a leather jacket and a silver hat and he like bests these other kids in a motorcycle race but no one knows who's that guy in the motorcycle helmet and who do you think it is? Like who do you, who could you possibly think it I is? I hope it's the Fonz shows up anyway too. Hey. At some point too, they run him off of the road and they think that this guy has literally blown up. Like they like you see a motorcycle explode and this then they're like, All right, kids, get back to the talent show. And then who appears at the end? But she's like, Oh, wait a second, you're the British kid. And oh, he's I like see. That's right, Sandy, I am. (laughs) First off, there's a lot of problems. But for a musical to have no memorable music. Yeah, I can't think of any song I've even I even know. All of them I believe were original ones composed for the movie. Who do you know who the person was who wrote the songs? No, but they definitely Oh music by Louis St. Louis. Oh. Oh, he wrote the original songs. It just it was it was crapola, to say the least. And I, I, I can't. Oh my god, he died a few blocks from here in the actor's home. Oh no. The guy who, who wrote that song. He died at Eggowood. But I mean, I can't forgive something that one of the main pillars a pillar. of a musical. Should be good songs, right? Good songs. Something that you can remember. Even I, when we saw that Beetlejuice musical, which you wasn't... You walked out knowing at least two of the yeah, songs. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't particularly like it, but I thought, oh, okay, Dead Mom and, and the other one. And then, I think... To have even another cardinal sin. The ending of Grease 1 is that Wap Bop song will always be together. Is that when the, what, do they fly? They fly off fly, into the car. Yeah, I haven't but seen it's that a years. high energy like dee 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 Or dee, at dee, the dee, end dee. of Shock Treatment. Exactly. Uh, we're uh, we're, we're going to do it. And <laughs> right. The ending song in Grease 2 is this like... Oh no, that's not oh no. Even that and it just stays No, no, no Like five minutes is just this long slow dance and you're like, This is how you're ending your movie? Oh my god, do you, you want the connection? How do you connect Grease two with Meet Me in St. Louis? Is the principal No. Eve Arden. Eve Arden was a very famous actress. She was in a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, one of the pink ladies, actually, to connect to something else we were talking about, she was in one of the Marx Brothers movies, oh. a terrible movie called At the Circus. But one of the pink ladies is played by Lorna Luft, who is the daughter of Judy Garland. Oh, she lies in oh that's right. She I plays know Paulette that. Rubchuck, which sounds like a horny she name. She pointed that out to me. I'm, a lot of like... vagina. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just not getting it. <laughs> so needless to say, oh, I totally forgot. There's also a scene, much like in Matinee, in which 
they have a bomb shelter because they're worried about you yeah, know the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Exactly, and that's a basis for a musical. Right, the Cuban Missile. Fidel's gonna kill us. <laughs> La da 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 da. <laughs> But there's a song that takes place in a bomb shelter. <laughs> what? Okay. Is uh, one of the T-Birds and one of the Pink Ladies. And he's literally like, I want to make love to you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and that's the song. That's the song. I, I mean, it doesn't exactly sound like a little night music to me. No. But, uh, uh, it, it rightfully deserves its place in uh, cinema dog. Although strangely enough, I'm reading. I'm just. I'm just perusing. And uh, who did I see likes this movie? That's a strange person. Andrew Garfield cites this as one of his five favorite musicals, calling it great. Although you will feel better that it has a 35. Well, on uh, Grease on uh, two. I mean, look. It also is strange when they make a sequel to a musical that was like a stage musical, exactly. like Annie Two or The Royal Adventure. Shock treatment is actually in that. Right, actually, you're right. You're right. That's that's true. But in a weird way, I can sort of, I guess, understand someone who sees this movie and thinks, oh, that's at least so bad it's good. But I can't forgive that none of the music is memorable. Would this be like when I watched Hangover 2? If I watched Grease 2 and then I watched Grease 1, would I feel like Grease 1 is ripping off of Grease 2? No, there's a few things that are different. Also, there's I will say there's one sort of interesting dance sequence that takes place in a bowling alley. Okay. But all it did was remind me of a movie that did that better, which was Across the Universe. Okay. And Is there any scene where anyone tap dances around fireworks, like in Holiday Inn? uh, No. Okay. Doesn't happen in this one. But, um, yeah, I, I did not like Grease 2. So you would say that that's, a not, that's an anti-recommendation. That, that one's a do not purchase. That's a do not purchase. Well, funnily enough, this has happened now on, like, two other of these mini-episodes where we kind of are in theme a little bit. Mm. We did one where we both recommended uh, kind of horror comedy things. Right. We, t- we recommended two uh, movies involving people traveling America. Today, we're, re- we're both recommending movies that have a musical element to it. Okay. So now, this is a movie I am recommending you do not waste your time on. Okay. Do not a purchase. I watched it twice. I watched it once, uh, and it was so abysmally bad and confounding that I, I thought, is this so bad that oh, it's so actually- Oh, you went back for research purposes. With you. And you and I watched this movie that has musical elements starring Bruce Willis- and Danny Aiello, Sandra Bernhardt. Oh my God, I forgot. Richard E. Grant. There's someone else I'm forgetting who was in this. This has to be one of the worst movies. And like I say, I saw it twice. That is a conundrum of a movie. David Caruso. Oh, that's right. Frank Stallone. Oh, Andy McDowell is the the main woman. Right? It's, a, it's a, and it's a movie called Hudson, Hudson Hawk. And I, I I can't even begin to explain. What is it? Like, what is remember it, it be, as a movie? Remember it begins in like the Renaissance with Da Vinci? And I remember sitting there thinking, what did we start? Okay, here's as much as I can remember. Bruce Willis plays a famous like cat burglar who gets released from prison from Sing Sing. Cause there's a long shot of them driving down right. the, the whatever highway nine W I guess. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. On the other side. They're on the other side. Oh, no. Maybe they're on the New Jersey side. Anywho. And Danny Diallo was his best friend. Uh-huh. And I don't know anything after that. They are then hired, I think, by Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt, who are either brother and sister, like Riff Raff and Magenta. Yeah, that's the, the vibe I got. Or their husband and wife, who are, own, who are, I think, in charge of either an evil Dr. Evil kind of exactly. thing or a legitimate business to steal different pieces of art, which, yeah. which somehow has something to do with creating like a doomsday device right, they that were like, Da Vinci created. I remember it being like they're components to a machine. Right, these different artifacts, these either artistic famous pieces of art that somehow... Remember there's a scene there in there someplace in Rome and Andy McDowell is a tour guide. And Hudson Hawk goes to steal the piece of something, uh-huh. and the bars, the cage drops. Oh, right, right, and the, right. And he takes the girl's toy elephant and puts it underneath the bars, or between the bars, in order to get in later on. Right. And then there's a whole subplot where it's James Coburn, is oh, the, yeah. who he also wants either to stop the doomsday device, and then there's the musical element, which is that... Hudson Hawk and Danny Aiello, who are you know sort of a team, they use songs. They've they've timed out songs down to the second, and they sing it, and they use that as like their measurement for how long the break in or the the, the burglary is taking. So like if it takes five minutes to get from the entrance to the vault, they'll sing "Shooting on a Star" because it's five minutes and whatever seconds, and they're and they're singing it. Like Bruce Willis singing, I know in real life he fancied he himself. A, yeah, he, well, he fancied had like a jazz band. Yeah, but I, I I can't remember if it's like them singing a cappella or if the music comes in. Yeah, I don't at remember. At a certain point, was that also where they get stuck on a high wire? Yes. At a certain point, and then I also feel like when they're in the Rome section. There's like a bomb that's like strapped to someone's either hands or it's either the, in the it's room. either it's either Hudson Hawk or the Batman. Right. Well, then there's this yes, there's a scene where it's it's Andy McDowell, Danny Aiello, and Bruce Willis, and they get hit with like a dart gun. Remember they're paralyzed on the floor. Oh, that's right. That's and I can't right. remember if it's Richard E. Grant. This was a miserable experience. This was such an un. It, it, and that's why I had to rewatch this second time because. I couldn't tell. Maybe I was in the wrong mood. Maybe it was so crazy that I missed something that would have made it fun. Or maybe I'm not understanding the tone. Like the movie Oscar. Right. That was an example of where it, it takes you a little while to get into the tone of it. But you would, you do eventually come around to the movie. I did, yeah. But so not in Hudson Hawk. What's odd, too, is that... And this happens every once in a while. But it feels like when I was watching the movie, I was like... Did the filmmakers forget how to make a movie? And you rem- do you remember who one of the co-writers of this is? Isn't it... Um, it actually relates... It's someone fairly... Wait, did you just recommend what movie? Grease or no, you, you just did not recommend Grease 2. Right. Which stars Michelle Pfeiffer, who was in Batman Returns, which was co-written by Daniel Waters, who wrote... Oh, so there's a this is a weird, weird, connection. weird. Yeah, so person. Daniel Waters was one of the writers, and so was Stephen E. D'Souza, who co-wrote Die, Die Hard. Hard. So you have two really good writers. What happened? Well, it was from a story by Bruce Willis. Who's the director? Oh, the director directed Heather's. 
with, oh. with Winona Ryder direct from a script by Daniel Warren. But Water. what happened? It I went mean, horribly, horribly. The thing that's fascinating about Hudson Hawk and what I almost like in forgetting that it did exist is that like there's almost something in there that could work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't mind Bruce Willis doing a musical or I mean, to call this a musical is a stretch. It's not yeah. really. But they use music and they sing. I've heard it described as a what's called clock punk. So, you know, like steampunk. Yeah. But this I, I guess I don't remember this, but I remember there was a, according to this, it had, it had a clock motif and it had to do with actually it was like the pentaverin a little bit because it, it dealt with like a secret society. Right, right, right. And they're trying to, I know at the end, Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhard create the doomsday device. It's essentially like an evil laser. Yeah, but but created by Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Created this evil laser. Leonardo, stop pumping the laser. <laughs> and it was really one of the worst movies. And I, no, me, I'm very tolerant. Well, and also you have, I think, a good gauge of when things start to slowly slip into this is bad territory. Yeah, like, uh, like take, for example, Baby Huey's Easter Adventure, sure. which we were talking about before. That's a bad movie, but it's fun. There's a charm to it. I can't even think of something in Hudson Hawk that lightens it up to make it so only, bad it's good. No, the only thing I liked, I mean, I love Danny Aiello. So I love Danny Aiello, and I love Andy McDowell. I mean, she's always good. Mm -hmm. But for me, the other big issue is it, when you become confused in a movie, you kind of lose your audience unless yeah. you unless the audience feels like okay, I'm I'm willing to be confused for now because I'm gonna it's gonna be explained to there's me. There's gonna or, be a payoff, at right? Some and kind. this had, and I remember there's a, I think there's a, it's a scene kind of like in oh god, in Happy Time Murders. Remember where oh. remember where you where Elizabeth Banks is clearly killed. There's a scene where I think Danny Aiello drives a van. Oh yeah, off a cliffside, and it clearly implodes, but somehow he survives. And he's like, oh, "I'm fine." <laughs> and like you, and like obviously they thought this was going to be a series of Hudson Hawk going on different adventures. Yeah, and it is truly like this is a movie that wastes your time. And well, and also more so than anything, it doesn't even allow it to be so bad. It's good. Like it just, it's a miserable experience because it's just. It's not a movie. Yeah, it does everything wrong. Actually, this on Rotten Tomatoes has a 34. Yours had a 35. So wow, Grease so Grease 2, 2 is actually was a little better. bit better. But my go goodness gracious me, this was... Oh, yeah, because I remember James Coburn, who was one of the fame of a famous star in the, like, the Golden Age. He was in The Magnificent Seven and The Great Escape and Charade. And he was also in um, Sergio Leone Western. He plays like the head of whatever it is. Some mm -hmm. his assistants are named after candy bars. Oh my god, I forgot about There's that. There's Snickers, Kit Kat, Butterfingers. Uh, I mean, it just it that's almond, just sort of like why almond joy. And also, Frank Stallone is credited as an actor in this movie. If I had to give a ranking of my least favorite movies, this is right up there. Really. I mean, this was just a waste of time that I wasted two times. And, you know, when we watch a movie, I often will say to you, where are we at? Because right. I like to follow along to try to figure out, okay, what actor are we in? I must have asked you, like, every five seconds when we watch this. Yeah, because, and also every time, it, like, it's moving into a new scene or a new location, it's it felt like 
man, 30 minutes has <laughs> passed, and it's been two minutes. Yeah. It was just Hudson Dookie <laughs> is what I would call this movie. So the two we are telling you, caution, do not purchase, do not watch. Don't we, even look. Like, we do not recommend. If you see them at the store, you pass these movies. And run. They, they became anthropomorphic. Yeah. Just, just go the run. other way. If the, if, like in that scene in Family Guy where he checks out Roadhouse. <laughs> and the, if this even touches Roadhouse. We recommend it. Oh, excuse me. We do not recommend. Grease 2. And Hudson, Hudson Hawk. Mini Obsessions is directed and produced by Taylor and Nick Sicario and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom and Walpurnian Music for providing the score. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for episode details, previews, and more. And check out our blog at obscureobsessionsblog.blogspot.com for movie recommendations, lists, reviews, and articles. We thank you for your continued support. Thank you.